Well, good morning, Northside fam. It is so good to be with you guys. I appreciate your effort to be here today. And this is what I know, whether it's snow on the ground or not, man, every time uh, we make it a priority to be, to be around God's word and to worship him, in a little while we'll take communion, God is always speaking to us. And I know sometimes this isn't the normal routine or the normal setting because of the weather, but I love that no matter what circumstance, God's saying, I have something for you. I have something I want to say. I want to speak in your life. I, I, his, he loves us and he wants to speak into us. And that's why we're doing this Rooted series. And uh, we, we talked about this, really about this idea that God wants to root into our life to be the foundation and then to build us up in him according to Colossians 2. And uh, this was the big idea with this series I'm excited about is this. A lot of times we want to grow forward. We want to do great things for God. If I were to ask you, man, do you have dreams? You go, yes, this is what I'd love to see. This is where I want to be in my life. The only problem is we don't take time to see how God wants to get us there. And we said when we started this series, Rooted, this was the big idea, that actually the way forward with God is through our foundation. That the way forward, the way that we move with him and that take our next step with him is actually we have to reflect on our life and to dig into what's going on in our lives. One of my favorite authors, Pete Scazzaro, he wrote a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that will probably stick with me for the rest of my life. And this is what he says about growing in Christ. He said simply this. He said, you will only be as spiritually mature as you are emotionally mature. He says, I know you might want to do great things for God and you want to be more holy and you want to be better. You want to sin less. You want to look more like Jesus. He goes, that's great, but you will never become more like that until you start looking at where you are emotionally in your life. Until you start allowing Jesus into every part of your life. He says you can't actually grow spiritually unless you start growing and letting Christ in to your emotional life. That's why this whole Rooted series has been so good. My life group we met this week, we had phenomenal discussion about this. God is moving as we're working through this workbook. And uh, I just want to take a moment real quick. We had 61 new leaders step up to lead groups. And uh, can we just thank them? I'm not going to make them stand. Uh, but I just want to say thank you. Because this is the way that the church works. It's not just built on pastors. It's that God is calling you to step up to help other people take their step. And you, some of you go, I, I can't do that. I know, that's why you need to get rooted. Because God is going, I want to do a work in your life that you can't do yourself. That I want to begin to reveal what I have for you and to help lead other people to Jesus. But we need to begin to step into life with him. That's why each week we're going to be looking at a big question. Last weekend we looked at this question, who is God? This weekend we're going to look at this question, you know, how does he speak? How does he speak to us? And, you know, sometimes if, I, if you were to say, hey, you know, Nate, I, I understand that the Bible is God's gift to us, and that's what we're going to primarily look at today is how God speaks through his word. But sometimes if we can just be honest in church, we are in church, all right, you know, let's just be honest. Sometimes the Bible can be very confusing, you know, you go, I want to read the Bible more. And so in the morning you started a new year tradition. I'm going to read the Bible more. And then so you just kind of open, you know, the, the book up and before you leave for work. And okay, I'm just going to, God, you know, wherever you direct me. And, you know, I'm going to point to a passage. Okay, uh, send me cedar logs as you did for my father David when you sent him cedar to build a palace to live in. Amen. I don't know what that means. Let's go to work. And we go, I know it's your word, God, but I have no idea what that means. And see, actually, it's not just one book. It's 66 books that were written over a thousand years that God has put together. And oftentimes, this is what can happen. I, I kind of experience this. We can, we can look at the Bible. We can open the Bible. We go, man, this is not speaking to me. 
I don't know what it's saying. I don't know where to start. This is why we need to take time to understand because this is the primary way that God speaks to us. Last week, I got to go uh, to an IU game on Monday night, and I got to take uh, my wife and my daughter, Lily. It was her first IU game. Uh, they may bar us forever because they played so bad, or I might need to take her back to another one. And I remember the reason why we went was uh, I had a buddy from Indianapolis. He wanted to go to a game, and so we bought some tickets, and then I had somebody give me a couple tickets. So I took my, my wife and Lily with me, and uh, they sat across the arena from us. We could see them, and you know, half the time, Lily was just eating popcorn, not even watching the game. But it was so cool to watch her, and at halftime, we said, let's meet up at halftime. You know, we'll get some food and we'll hang out a little bit before we go back to our seats. And so halftime came and we said where we were going to meet. And I ran to the spot and I didn't see him. So I text her. Hey, we're here. Nothing. I'm like, Lily's probably going to the bathroom. You know, they go into the bathroom. They're going to text me. Text them back. Hey, where you at? Nothing. So I come back into the arena and, and I look at their seats. They're not at their seats. And I begin to go, I'm like, you know, you know, it's not just Lily, my six-year-old, or something. You know, she's got mom, so everything's safe. But just as a dad, you're kind of like, where are they? You know, we start walking around and we miss the people. And then out of nowhere, my, my cell phone just gets blown up with text messages. Hello? <laughs> and it's all out of order. Hello? We're here. Where are you? What's taking? I'm like, I'm here. Where are you? And I don't know if you've ever been in a big stadium or not, but cell phone coverage isn't really great around 15,000 people. And I literally drove home for that event. We found him, we hung out, all this other stuff. But on the way home, I'm thinking about this whole sermon about how God speaks to me. And I begin to think about, man, how hard is it just for two of us to talk to each other? Let alone for God to talk to seven billion people. See, this is why it's so important for us to know how God speaks to us. We mess it up just within cell phone coverage. We mess it up with one or two other people. We, oh, I thought you meant this. I misunderstood what you said. You know, we miss up communication all the time. And this is why today we just want to take time to go, God, how do you speak to us? Well, what is your Bible? You know, what are you trying to say through this? This is an absolute gift from God. But we don't just worship the Bible. We worship the one who gave us the Bible. He's going, this is what I have for you. And there's a, sometimes there's a passage in the Bible that speaks to all of the passages. And I just want to look at one. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, because the apostle Paul is writing to his protege, Timothy. And he wants to remind Timothy how God speaks to him. He's going, Timothy, you're going to lead the church. I want you to know how God speaks to you. I want you to know who he is. I don't want you to forget who he is. I want you to know how he is speaking to you today. It's not just that God wrote the Bible and then said, okay, I'm not speaking anymore. Good luck, people. And we'll see if you make it to heaven. No, he's speaking continuously. And listen what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 6, 16 and 17. He says this. He says, Timothy, all scripture is God breathed. All scripture is God's voice spoken. All of it. The Old Testament, the New Testament, everything is from God. And it's not just that God spoke it into being. Here's what you need to understand, Timothy. It is useful for teaching. So if you need to learn, he's going, this is what the Bible's for, is to learn more. It's for rebuking. If you have ways in your life that are not of God, the Word of God's going to speak into your life to say, here's the way I want you to live. It's for correcting. If you don't have knowledge, he's going to lead you into knowledge. And it's for training in righteousness. See, we don't just read the Bible so we can make God happy. God's going, I want to lead you in the way of righteousness. If you don't have wisdom, I want to give you wisdom. 
If you have areas in your life that aren't healthy, I want to show you a different way to live. You don't need to keep living the way you're living. I have a different way for you to live. And then he says this, so that. There's a so that. This is why we read the Bible. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you know that God wants to do a good work in your life? Do you know God looks at you and he says, no, the reason why I've given you my word isn't just because you better straighten up. How many people grew up in church, man, and like you would color on everything and, uh, you know, your parents that, you know, you would always get the pinch on the leg, you know, you're like, hush up, you know, you know, that's why I grew up. I was like, hey, hey, the pastor's still talking, you know, and you just try to make it through church. And you're like, okay, can we get done with this thing? And what I forgot all the time is this. No, the Bible is a gift from God because he's going, I want you, the servant of God, to be thoroughly equipped for every good work that I have for you. You may not have dreams for your life, but you need to know God does. And he's going, I'm speaking to you, and I'm speaking through my word so that you can know the good work that I have for you. The question isn't, is God speaking today? He tells us that he's speaking. The question for you and I is this, are we even listening? Are we listening to what he's saying to us? This is why the Bible is so important, because here's the idea about reading the Bible. God is speaking to us so we can speak to him. God's going, I'm not caught up in cell, tone, cell phone towers getting miscommunicated and there's too many people in the world and I can only handle so many people and so you're going to have to wait in, in line. He's going, no, I am speaking to you through my word and I'm speaking so that you can speak with me. Maybe for some of you, you go, yeah, I've gone to church, but man, I've never really talked with God before. I've maybe never really prayed before. You need to know God is speaking to you because he wants to speak with you so that you can speak to him. This is the beauty of God. And what I want to do today is simply this. We're going to do two things. We're going to look at two things through Scripture that God uses to speak to us. And then here's how we're going to end our time today. You're going to speak with God. Because God wants to speak with you. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at some passages about what the Scripture says to us. And then we're going to leave time at the end before communion where we're going to allow you to begin to pray and to speak with God. And so today, maybe you've never prayed or talked to God. And today, before you leave church, you're going to talk to him. Because God's going, I'm speaking to you, and I'm speaking to you because I want you to speak to me. I want to prepare you for every good work that I have for you. I want to build a relationship. I know I'm the, I know I'm the creator of all of this. I know I'm over all 7 billion people, but guess what? I am a God that is personal, and I want to speak with you. This is the beauty of God. And so one of the ways that we find immediately in the Scripture that God speaks to us is simply through creation. When you open the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, and you see it repeated in Genesis chapter 1 over and over again, that God said, and it says this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it said, and God said, he spoke, let there be light, and there was light. And everything in creation is God always speaking creation into existence. God, from the very beginning of the Bible, was speaking to us. He's saying, this is what I have, is creation for you. Matter of fact, this is why creation is so important. In Psalm 19, listen what David says. This is what he says about creation. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. That all of creation is speaking to us. Night after night, they display knowledge. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen enough sunsets yet, have you? 
I'm 36. At some point, I would be like, oh, God, I've seen enough sunsets. I'm done. No, what do we do every time we see one? Look at that. <laughs> Isn't it funny we do that? We're like, have you never seen a sunset? <laughs> but every time, it, you just go, this is what we say when we see it. Look at that artist. Boy, God's showing off tonight, isn't he? Boy, look at these colors. Look, not just look at the colors. Look how, he, look how he drapes the clouds through this stuff. God's like, yeah, I created Bob Ross, right? Like, I'm better than Bob's happy little tree, right? God's going, I'm going to put a happy little sky right here for you just to look at. That's what David's saying here. He's going, wow, God, the heavens, they declare your glory. The skies, they proclaim the work of his hands. Wow, God. See, this is the problem. In other religions, they begin to worship creation instead of the creator who made the sky. We don't worship the sky. We worship the one who made it. And he goes on to say this. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. God in creation speaks every language. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. What I love is when I go on a mission trip down to the Dominican or to see my sister in Romania, and we see creation, and we see a sunset, or we see God do only what he can do. And in the Dominican, the only Spanish word I know is poquito, <laughs> which means little. You know, poquito. That's, that's all I got for him, man. And here's the deal. I can't speak the language. But when we see God's creation and we see God's beauty in his mountains and when we see God work and change people's lives in all the different nations, here's what's so cool. Our hearts resonate even if we can't speak the language with one another because God in his beauty in all of his creation speaks to us. God is saying everything I've made has, is speaking to you it's speaking to you. Matter of fact, he says this in Genesis chapter 2 on his last day of creation. Listen to what he does. He says this in Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3. He says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I was studying this passage with a friend who's way smarter than me, been a Christian longer than me, and he said, and he told me this, he said, you know what's so unique about this passage? I said, tell me, man. You know, we always go, and God rested. Isn't that so cool? God took a nap. He said, here's what's so interesting about this. He said, the very first thing that God wanted man to experience after he created him was to rest in his creation. See, the first thing we think about is this, got to go to work. I got to go to work. We say stuff like this, I'll sleep when I'm what? Dead. I'll sleep when I'm dead. And you go, how's that working? You know, Dr. Phil, yourself here for a second. You know, how's that working for you? Just show of hands real quick. Who needs a vacation? Yeah. yeah, right? We confess where we are in our life, right? And you know why we need a vacation? We need rest. We need rest. See, what's beautiful about this passage is this. God creates, and the first thing that he wanted man to experience so he could hear God speaking to him was to rest 
and God. Instead of finding our identity or in what we do or who we are somewhere else or all this other stuff, he goes, no, what I want you to do is I want you to hear me speaking by resting with me. See, the reason why we need to listen to God speaking to us in his word and in all of creation is this. God speaks so we can have rest for our souls. God's not speaking to us through his Bible going, you better memorize this or else. He's going, no, 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 I'm speaking to you so that you can have rest for your souls. That your soul can be at rest. And as you listen to me, as you take time to, to worship me, to allow all of my creation to speak to you, the glory of God's hand, what happens is this, when we begin to rest, then we work, we begin to see the order of God in our life. Matter of fact, this is my struggle because of my personality. I'm extrovert. I love to experience, you know, Silver Creek had a big game with New Albany on Friday night. And I went to Silver Creek. I had all my buddies text me, you going to the game, you going to the game, you going to the game. And I wanted to go to the game so bad, but our, one of our kids was sick and I needed help with bedtime. And so I couldn't go. I had to help with bedtime. And, and this is what happens. There's this whole phrase called FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. And this is the thing for me, I get fired up being around people, I want to hang out with people all the time, and I'm afraid of missing out, and that's how I get fired up. And I know for me, this is, this is what can happen. If I'm not careful, I'll be like, oh man, I'm missing out, and, and I won't rest with God, I just want to do things. And I love this, my wife sent me this, uh, uh, this text the other day, she goes, you know how you have FOMO? Because her and I, we have totally different personalities, which is awesome, man. And this is what she said, she goes, I have JOMO. I said, JOMO? I love it, man. She is so wise. And uh, she goes, I have the joy of missing out. As you want to go to the game, I'm like, let me just get a book and say at home. Now, all you introverts can applaud, but I know you applaud in your heart because you wouldn't make any noise, right? Because that would, that would draw attention to yourself, which is totally cool. But here's the thing I know that my wife and I, we have to protect one another. It's not who's right or wrong. Is it that you have to be with people or you need to be alone? It's not that. Here's the question that God is asking you because he created you. He knows you. It's simply this. What brings your soul rest with God? What brings your soul rest? See, this is what happens in our marriage. We need to protect one another's heart. So I need to be asking her, Ruthie, what do you need? so that your soul and your heart can be at rest with the Lord. I know that, you know, to sit by myself for three hours in quiet, that doesn't feel like heaven on earth, man. All right? I want to go hang out with you guys. Hey, let's go to B-dubs. Let's do something, man, you know? Let's go. Like, that, that's my love language, right? And so what's cool is this. Ruthie will protect me in marriage and go, I know your soul needs to be at rest with the Lord as well. And this is what I'm finding more and more is this. God is saying, Nate, the way I've created and the way I'm speaking into the world, here's the discipline you need to understand. Nate, you need to lead with rest. Too often times, this is my problem, I lead with my to-do list. I could show you my phone. I'd show you my calendar. Everything I'm going to do tonight, everything I'm going to do tomorrow morning, what I want to have done. Even though tomorrow's my day off, I got a to-do list. And God's going, that's great, Nate. Will you lead with rest with me? See, this is the way I've created it. I've created for you to have rest with me. I've created your soul to be at rest first, then to do work. And here's what I'm learning with three kiddos. In seasons of life, what it looks like to rest with the Lord is different. 
Right now, this is what I know. Leading with rest doesn't mean more sleep. Leading with rest actually means less sleep and getting up at 6 a.m. And you know why? Because all the kiddos wake up at 6.30. And you know how it is. Once they're up, your day's done. Right? It's over. Right? All you have is prayer. Dear God, help me. Yeah. And so here's what I know. Right now, the Lord's going, Nate, I know you need, I know it's going to cost you some sleep, but it's going to cost you some sleep because your soul needs rest with me. And man, I get the coffee going, get my rooted journal, have my Bible right now, and I can tell a difference in my day when I haven't started with rest with the Lord. Doesn't mean my day goes perfect. No, 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 that's not God's promise. Doesn't mean I don't have difficult things that happen. But can't you tell a difference when your soul's not at rest? Even if you sleep in till noon, doesn't mean your soul's at rest. Some of you, you have the spiritual gift of sleep. You can sleep till like three in the hour. I don't know how you do it. My sister's one of them, man. She can just sleep. It's incredible. Just because you can sleep doesn't mean your soul's at rest. See, God is saying, I want to speak to you, but I want you to start by having rest with me. By having rest with me, because here's what, here's what happens. If we don't rest with him first, if we don't begin to allow God to speak into our life, this is how we start living our life. Even if we go to church or even if we say we're a Christian and we are a Christian, this is how we'll start living. If we don't rest with the Lord first, we'll just start saying stuff like this. I'm looking for a sign. God, I'm looking for a sign. God, I want you to bring me a spouse. I need a relationship. And you go out on a date and you're like, hey, I'm wearing blue. They're wearing blue. We should get married. It's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> are they a Christian? Like, like, more than a shirt. But we start running around like that. It's a sign. Here's the problem. We start, we start allowing signs to speak to us more than our Savior. Matter of fact, here's a sign that speaks to me, and it's not always for my good, right? I'm driving. I see the sign. Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. You know, I think literally if I began to do Hebrew study, manna in the Old Testament translates Krispy Kreme, right? The Lord just dropped Krispy Kremes on the Israelites. He loves us, everybody. Read the passage, right? But this is the problem. We start just looking around and we just start looking for signs. God, I want a sign. Give me a sign. And he's going, no, 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 you're missing it. You're not allowing me to speak. You're just wanting signs to speak. Matter of fact, Jesus had to deal with this, even with his own disciples. I can only imagine how frustrated he was, but he continues to love us, which is why he's our Savior. But listen, in his last night with his disciples, his, this last night before he dies, he had spent three and a half years with them, and they still missed it. And listen to what it says in John chapter 14, verse 8, it says this, Philip said, Lord, he's talking to Jesus. This is literally the last night that Jesus has with his disciples. He says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Just give us another sign, Jesus. Do one more miracle. You ever prayed that? God, if you'll just do this, then I'll follow you forever. Jesus, if you give me this relationship, Jesus, if you give me, Jesus, if you would just do this, then it'll be enough. And can we be honest for a moment? Even if he gives it to us, it's never enough, is it? It's never enough. 
It's never enough. Listen to what Jesus tells Philip. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered him. Oh, man. Don't you know me? What a convicting statement. We want all these other signs, and Jesus says this to you and I, and he says it to Philip. Don't you know me? And what he's saying is this. Am I not enough of a sign for you? Am I not enough? Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, I've I've taught you all these things, man. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Whoa! Some of you, you wonder, what's God like? Who's God? What is God? Jesus says this, if you want to know who God is, look at me. Seriously, today, if you go, I can't read the Old Testament, just start with Jesus because all of the Old Testament points to Jesus anyway. And the rest of the New Testament after the Gospels point to Jesus. So if you want to know what the Old Testament's all about, it all points to Jesus. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? And the words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. See, this is why we read God's words, because God is speaking. He's going, if you want to know Him, you don't need to go look for a sign. You don't need to wait for a blue shirt to know if that's the sign. Jesus says, I am the sign. He's saying God is speaking, and He is speaking in His Son. And are you looking for a sign, or are you looking for the Son? Because He goes, if you've seen Me, you have seen the Father. Everything that you need is in Him. Everything. Here's why God speaks to us through His Scripture. God speaks to us so we can know who He is. He don't want you, he don't want you to have to guess. He don't want you to have to wonder, God, I'm trying to figure it out. You know, is this the Da Vinci Code? You know, do we need to run around with Tom Hanks trying to get answers here? God's going, no. No, you don't need to wonder. I'm not trying to confuse you. I want you to know who I am. That's why Jesus tells Philip, don't you know me? See, all of Scripture, all of Scripture is speaking about Jesus. It's speaking the direction for us, and this is what that means for us. It means that Scripture must be the loudest voice in our life. Scripture needs to be the loudest voice that you and I are hearing. It's not just that you have to read a certain amount every day for God to love you or for God to be happy with you. The reason why we read Scripture, the reason why we're doing this rooted workbook is because what happens is the more we're in God's Word, the more we hear Him speak. And and oftentimes this is what I sometimes forget. I go, God, you need to speak to me. You need to speak. And what He's telling me is this. He goes, Nate, I've been speaking. You've just not been listening. And here's what happens. It's because I'm running at such a pace that I can't slow down to hear him. That we run at such a clip in our life that God's going, no, man, I, I'm speaking. Don't you know me? And I know some of you are going, and, and this is why, man, this is, this is why church needs to be a place where we can bring our questions and our doubts. And some, some of you right now, you, you're, you know, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus or, or you, uh, you doubt the authority of Scripture. And this is why we say, hey, man, if you have questions, you are welcome here. We do not expect everybody to come in here and think they just have all the answers. So you need to know if you have questions, that is okay. 
But I love what Peter says. One of Jesus' disciples, one of his best friends, listen what he says about Scripture. Listen what he says. He's going, this is why we need to spend time with Scripture. This is why we need to listen to the Father. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, listen what he says. He's writing to the church. He says this in verse 12. He says, so I will always remind you of these things, talking about Jesus, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. He says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. What Peter's saying is here is he goes, I know I'm about ready to die for being a follower of Jesus. Number one, this is one of the reasons why we believe in the scriptures is this. Some people go, oh, this is man-made and man-made up and it's just for the benefit of them. These guys died for being a follower of Jesus. And if you don't know how Peter died, he died crucified. But when they went to crucify him for being a follower of Jesus, he said this, don't crucify me like Jesus, crucify me upside down because I'm not even worthy to die the way that my Savior died. Unbelievable commitment. And he writes to the church to say, I don't want you to forget these things. He says this in verse 15. He says, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. He says, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't make this stuff up, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Did you know that scripture wasn't just some fairy tales? Scripture is eyewitness account. And that means something, doesn't it? This isn't somebody's opinion. This isn't if you and I just kind of wanted to write about what we think Jesus is. These are people who walked with Jesus, who lived life with Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. Jesus reinstates him and says, no, this is what grace looks like. And the only question he asked him was this, do you love me? And Peter writes this, and then listen to what he says in verse 20. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. See, Scripture isn't just made up by man. Verse 21, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You know who wrote the Bible? The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. People will say, I don't believe in the Bible because, you know, Peter wrote it and John wrote it and every man is broken. Absolutely. It wasn't just that they wrote it. It was the Holy Spirit. This is what Peter said. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You ever have those moments when the Holy Spirit speaks to you through other people and you go, whoa. You just kind of step back. Maybe it's happened before I would be in church and there would be something going on in my life and I come into church and the pastor would speak on something. I'm like, dude, have you been in my emails? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you know what's going on? It's so cool. My wife and I, we were out to dinner with some of our staff a couple weeks ago, and the waitress came up, and she let us know she just moved here from Alabama. She just started coming to church here at Northside. And she said, I was heavily involved at my church in Alabama. I loved my church. You know, she goes, it was home. And when God relocated me up here, she went, God, I probably will never find a church family like my church in Alabama. And she said, you know, I had someone invite me to Northside. And she said, the whole way I'm praying, coming to church here at Northside, going, God, please make this place feel at home. God, please let me feel at home here. God, I miss my church in Alabama. And she said, lo and behold, she said, in your sermon, I didn't meet her that week or anything. She goes, in your sermon, you used a quote from my pastor, Chris Hodges, from my home church. She said, I walked out these doors, got in my car and went, got it. (laughs) 
I didn't know she was coming. I didn't know Chris Hodges was her pastor. I just read a great quote and went, that's better than what I could come up with. I'm using it. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's like, yes, it is better than what you can have. You know, it, he's going to carry us along. And here's the beauty of it. We don't need to worry about what we need to say. You know what you and I need to do? We just need to be carried along by the Holy Spirit. We just need to say, God, you're speaking, I'm listening, and I, your, your promise is that you will carry me along. That, God, you will speak through me. God, you will use me. And, and this is it. That, that God is saying, this is what I want to do. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 4, it described perfectly the life of Peter and John. Listen to what it says about them. They get arrested for speaking on, of God and for being Christians. And then listen to what it says in Acts chapter 14, verse 13. It said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been what? With Jesus. How does God speak to you and I? You know how he speaks to you and I? You just simply spend time with Jesus. We overcomplicate some things sometimes in life, don't we? God, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to. He goes, I got an idea. Just spend time with Jesus. What if we just, what if we began just maybe a page a day? Well, let me, let me even lower the bar. Maybe a verse a day? What would it look like as a church if people went, man, they spend time with Jesus. That church, man, they're unschooled. They're just ordinary people from southern Indiana. Man, they've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. What would that look like, and what would that mean for you in your life? See, here's why God speaks. God speaks so we can be with him. He's going, my whole gift to you, my word to you, is so that you can spend time with me. This is what I have for you. I want to spend time with you. It's back to rest again, isn't it? See, God is saying, I want to come and have rest with you. I want to spend time with you. That's why what we're going to do right now, I'm going to invite our communion volunteers to go back and get ready to serve communion. But as they do, this is, this is what we're going to begin to do. And if you're in the rooted group, I can't wait to do this with my rooted group this week. In your rooted group this week, you're going to spend some time, an extended amount of time with Jesus. You're not just going to talk about Jesus to one another. You're going to spend time with Jesus. And I just want us just for a few moments here before we take communion, I want you to spend time with Jesus. It's great to talk about the scripture. It's great to talk about God's faithfulness. We need to do that. But you and I need to spend time with Jesus. And in your rooted workbook, this is what it says. It gives you a guided way to learn how to pray. Maybe you've prayed to him before. Maybe you've never prayed before. But I love their acronym. It simply says this for pray. It simply says one of the ways that you can pray is simply this. It's not the way, but one way. It's to praise God first. Begin to talk about how great he's been and who he is. Then we repent. Where are things not healthy in your life? Where you go, man, I know this is sinful. And you begin to confess that to God. What are areas in your life that you need to ask of him going, God, this is where I need you. This is what's going on in my life. And then in prayer, at the end of it today, what we're going to do is we're just going to spend time yielding to him. 
Say, God, I, I trust you with my life. And here's the beauty of it. To lead us into prayer, we're just going to reflect on his scripture. Some of you, you don't know what to say. Just say what the scripture says. And let that be your prayer. So let's start. Let's just do this before we take communion. Let's begin to talk with him. This is what it says in Psalm chapter 28, verse 7. As we begin to praise him, because this is what's so neat. Everybody in this room has a different reason to praise him. There's different things going on in our life. And this is what it writes in Psalm 28, verse 7. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. And my heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. And so right now, just give thanks. What has he done? How has he been faithful to you right now? And so let's just go ahead, let's bow our heads and just begin to talk with him and tell him and praise him for how he's been faithful to us. reason why it's good to start with praise is because we realize how faithful he is even when there's ways in us that aren't faithful back to him and in this next moment I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable with God and to begin to share with him ways that are not of him in your life This is what David says in Psalm chapter 51. This is why the word is so important. David had just been caught in adultery, which led to the murder of the lady's husband. It, just, it was sin after sin after sin after sin in his life. And he had lost his way because God was no longer the loudest voice speaking in his life. And listen to what he says in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10. He says, Create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Right now, let's just be honest before the Lord. Confess our struggles, confess our sins to him, and allow him to create a pure heart in us. Let's be honest before the Lord right now. know there's things that are welling up in our life, things that we're worried about. Maybe there's a doctor's appointment coming up. Maybe there's some things, family drama. There's other things unfolding in your life, and it's just got you worried. Now's the time that we ask, God, this is on my heart. Would you do this? And listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6, six through 7. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds 
in Christ Jesus. Right now is a moment for you to talk with God about what you're anxious about. What are you scared about? What are you nervous about? What's weighing you down? Ask him into those situations right now. Begin to tell him what you're worried about in your life. good to ask our Heavenly Father for things, things that are on our heart, things that we need. Uh, But we do so when we ask, we yield it to the Lord as well. And we say, God, in your time and in your ways, may you bring that about. And Psalm 130 verse 5 is a direction for us to yield to the Lord. And listen to what it says. As we ask for all these things, as we've confessed all these things, this is what we say. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I put my hope. Right now, God is asking you to put your hope in him, his timing, his ways. So right now, just tell him, God, I'm putting my hope in you. I'm trusting you. Talk with him right now. Put your hope in him. beauty of God speaking to you and I is this. He said he wants you to talk with him. And the more you hear God speak to you, what you'll hear him say over and over again in the scripture and over and over again into your heart is simply this. I've spoken to the world, but I've spoken through the cross. I've spoken through what I've sent my son to do to take away the sins of the world so that you can have a clean heart, so that you can have grace and mercy in your life. God is speaking to us. Are we hearing him this morning? And right now, when we take communion, we take the bread and the juice, we remember the words that he was saying, that I'm sending my son. And so right now, as we take the bread and the juice, may we celebrate and worship the one who's speaking to us right now. Let's take this together.